Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. You know, a lot of people go into it with this idea that they're going to start fresh. Blank slate, January 1st. That's dumb. There is no such thing as a, a blank slate or like a fresh start. Really, you have memory, you have knowledge, you have experience. Like you don't just get to wipe your slate clean. And why would you want to anyways? Because then you're what? You're just going to do the same thing that you've tried to do before, but it's somehow magically going to work because what? You're going to try harder? Like why not start from a place of experience? Hey everyone, Meredith here. You're listening to the Afternoon Snack Podcast. I want to say that this is a New Year's episode in like a goal setting, going to be really helpful way. But honestly, that would be a lie because the first 25 minutes of it, well, I don't know what the first 25 minutes are, but it's a good time. And then we, yes, we do talk about some goals. We talk about January, but we've done this podcast before. So we decided to have a little more fun with this iteration of it. So happy new year to you. We appreciate you being in our community and we hope that you enjoy this year's episode of our new year's podcast. Welcome back. Meredith, I haven't seen you in so long. We were just reunited and we have so much to catch up on. Tell me, how was your time away from me? I mean, I want to say it was like nice to be alone, but you missed me a lot and you couldn't even concentrate because you were so consumed by how much you missed me and how lonely you felt. No, it was more like I debilitated myself with an injury and also if you hear a cat it's because your parents cat is here and he's yeah. decided now is the time to yell so that's great he'll add some substance to the podcast he always has a lot to say when he first arrives because i literally did just get back and i brought ivan with me it's like he's been here before like what is he yelling about i don't speak cat why he, i think he's yelling for his mom because um, it kind of says, says like mom that's he what is meow? meow. It's like, it's not a meow. It's like, mom. Yeah, because he's yelling for mom. Yeah. So don't worry. Only four days till Brenda arrives. Okay, great. Yeah, anyways, no, I injured myself. And then I was like, great. I have no one to help me. So I did miss you. And also I, was, I missed your I was, assistance. I felt bad that I wasn't there for you. For moral support. Yeah. Thank you. That happened, ironically... On the same day that I posted a post about injuries or like someone had made a comment about, oh, there's, that doesn't look safe. And then I was like, oh, that'll make a great post. And actually it was a great post and it's still a great post and a great message. But in there I said, like, most people don't need to worry about being injured in the gym. They need to be worried about injuring themselves out in real life if like they don't have a gym routine, which is also still true. But I did get injured in the gym. Yeah. But Yeah. I think it's not necessarily ironic. It's like a different scenario. Yeah, it is. And I do think what you said in your personal post today, which is that if you're pushing your body to get stronger, there's always going to be an inherent risk. Yeah. But the risk of getting injured during exercise is a lot lower than aging without having ever exercised or lift weights or moved your body. Yeah. The way that I conceptualize it, and I've talked to people about it before, is you run the risk of injury 
like earlier in life as a part of training to reduce the risk of worse injury later in life. Yeah. You were also doing a pretty like aggressive movement at a pretty heavy weight that a lot of people maybe aren't doing because you're doing it for sport and not for training for life. Yeah. I think even though you're not competing for anything, you never know. You never know. You never know. And I like to do that sport in my garage. Yeah. Yeah. There's a difference between the type of training that I do and the type of training that most people do. Yeah. And then, yeah, so that's worth pointing out because I think a lot of people will be like, oh, well, see, or maybe, I don't know that a lot of people would say that. Some people would say that, but yeah, it's quite different. So I basically, the story, (laughs) the story goes, I was doing some snatch pulls and I felt like this pop in my hamstring, which is, I've never had a, I guess a popping injury in my leg. And to be honest, this is what I was saying to the PT yesterday. I'm pretty used to the ways in which I injure myself, like. The injuries that I typically sustain are like similar body parts, like same feeling. I won't say they're not chronic, but I just kind of tend to injure the same things. And this one was totally new. I've never experienced a hamstring injury before and not one that had like a actual pop associated with it. So I was kind of freaked out by it. Like as CrossFitters, there's like a number of injuries that we've all had. It's like, oh, I hyperextended my elbow doing overhead squats. Yeah. Like, oh, we're all like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, we did that. Or like a wrist thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. you had a wrist thing. I had a wrist thing. Yeah. Oh, you sprained your thumb. Me too. Yeah. That it's kind of like, oh, your knee. Oh, that you should just go to the physio and ask them to do this. Yeah. I've had that. Oh, hip flexor. Oh, yeah. I got that one. It's like I've noticed people injure their hamstrings when they're playing recreational slow pitch. Yep. And they sprint to first base, like off the bench cold. Yeah. I've heard of that happening many times to people. Never have I heard of somebody injuring their hamstring in all of my CrossFit years doing a snatch pull. Well, and that's the thing is I'm like, what the hell? I was like, why? I'm trying to figure out why this happened. And I still don't know why it happened. But the week before I crashed my bike, I was fat biking and I hit kind of a slick spot and fell and landed with my full weight on my like upper IT band kind of hip, like kind of towards like back behind. And that was so painful. Like, it was pretty badly bruised. Like one of those like very large, like bigger than the size of your hand, black and blue. Yeah, it still is. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was that, shocking to see because I thought you were being a baby about it. No, it was a big thing. Like it was obviously swollen and it like made my outside quad kind of tight, but you know, after a couple of days, I was like, oh, it's not impeding my movement. It was fine. And then I was at the PT and he's talking about, you know, hamstring tears often bruise. And so he was like looking for it and I had shorts on. And then I think he was kind of wigged out because he's like, oh, it's already, you already have a, he's like, but it's on the out. I was like, oh, no, no, no. That's from a bike crash. And then, you know, I had already kind of guessed that it was related, but he said, well, yeah, it's like, and it's kind of on the back. So I wonder if there's just some like residual sort of tightness. And I had assumed as much at that point as that injury had created tightness that I wasn't aware of. So in my mind, it wasn't a preventable injury. It was just a freak combination of circumstances. But yeah, so painful. Hamstrings are really painful, turns out, when you tear them. Yeah. I guess that's another topic is that when you (laughs) hurt something or when something hurts, just like get it checked out instead of just not saying you should have because I know it was pretty mild and freak. Yeah. But if something is bothering you like a joint or a knee, like try to take care of it so that you're not compensating. Yeah. And something else doesn't get hurt or you don't get really injured. We always learn that with like 
skiing. It's like if you have an injury, you have to be very careful because it could cause a crash that would result in even bigger injuries. Yep. But it doesn't sound like you were. It's it's amazing how your body will compensate and you don't even know. Yeah. Like it's that's kind of, probably the case with you. It's like kind of amazing when you think about it, mm-hmm. like how amazing the body is in that way that it can just sort of, you know, maintain status quo. And it's like, that's fine. A little tight over here. I can just get some more mobility going in this, uh, you know, hamstring area and it'll be totally fine. But mm-hmm. like, is it natural or normal to be doing strength building snack pulls? Probably not. That's where you run into the dilemma of like natural and totally fine compensation in the name of healing over time and overreaching and overextending and pushing your body at the wrong time. Yeah. You live and learn, but I'll be fine. It could be worse. When I did it, I was like certain that when I put my leg down, I was not going to be able to support my body weight. I like held my leg off the ground for a minute because I was afraid. Yeah. Of what was going to happen. But then I did and I was like, oh, well, I guess it's okay. Yeah. I mean, you know. It wasn't okay at the time, but at least I could walk. Yeah. So that's my update. I won't be skiing this weekend. <laughs> that's okay. It could be worse. Yeah. So do you want to know about my weekend? Uh, yes. Or last couple days. So the most exciting thing that happened to me, and it wasn't a good exciting, is I got a speeding ticket. Oh, right. And if you know me, you know two things. <laughs> Number one, I'm a rule follower. Number two, if I break the rules and I get caught. There's a lot of sweating. There's a lot of it. There's, yeah, it's awful. What goes on in my body is not a good feeling. Hmm. I can't even describe it. Hmm. I don't like getting in trouble. It's similar feeling to being embarrassed. Like it's just, it's avoid at all costs. Yeah. But not so avoidable that I'm not going to speed because I do like going fast on the roads and getting places a little earlier yeah i'm like it was an open road hardly anyone was was on the road because it was a sunday afternoon i was in the audi and you can go 140 in the audi 140 kilometer per hour and you don't even feel it no so i had my cruise control set to like 120 in a 100 zone which is also like, like totally fine that's not unsafe no that is not unsafe and i think the reason i always said 120 on the highway or like even 125 because that's like on most highways that are two lane here, the speed limit's 110, but the speed limit on Highway 22 to Fernie is 100. Yeah. So I guess 20K over 100. That's the cutoff. It's too much. So I got caught by somebody, a sheriff coming in the other direction, which gotcha. you learn something new every day. I didn't know was a thing. Wait, you thought that you had to drive past them? Yeah. Oh, I didn't no, know they that they could snag you going the other way. So how do they do that? Do they set the speed they're going at? And then they clock you and it like negates. How does it? Well, I think probably if they're driving, there's a radar detector. There's like radar built into their vehicle that probably has their and speed it, incorporated. So it shows yeah. them. Okay. The so that's like pretty net pretty tech difference. Yeah. I mean, not really, but anyway. So we had just transferred our licenses over to BC from Alberta. So I didn't have any photo ID. I just had the like piece of paper interim license. Yeah. And then we had also just got like all new insurance papers that they put in a Ziploc bag. Right. So he's like, I'm going to need all your papers. Like, and I was like, well, I like unfolded. It's like a half sheet of paper. And I think I had it folded like 16 times. How many times did you drop it while you were trying to I, unfold it? I was shaking, visibly shaking. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. And I was like, I don't know what these papers are. <laughs> we just moved to BC. This is all new to me. 
and he was kind of pointing like that's the one i just kind of handed him a bunch of stuff here's my stack i don't know <laughs> and so then he like makes me do a breathalyzer hmm. which i'm like okay i know i look like shit but i don't look that bad you know yeah i was looking like like today i went for my haircut and i'm like i look awful like i'm wearing sweatpants yeah then i'm like Maybe it's just the look of like a famous, you know, those snapshots you get of famous people like in the wild when they're in like a sweatsuit. Yeah. When they're going for coffee in L.A., but they're not like done up, but they still have their photos taken by the paparazzi. Yeah. But they look like almost fashionable because they're so disheveled. Like when Justin Bieber goes out in like the cutoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Kristen Stewart. Stewart. She always looks pretty like. A little on the ratchet yeah. side. But you're like, that somehow works. Yeah. So I'm like going for that look. Yeah. So anyways, that look I don't know if it's like just like procedure. Yeah. A lot of cat hair. So like, I don't know if that's procedure to give me a like, but also I had to do it. And you have to blow really hard into those things. Yeah. You have to, I failed like, it like three times. She's like, oh, not enough. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just not familiar with like blowing <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah. True story. So anyways, I passed. Thank goodness. I was like, oh my God, I had a beer last night. Pretty sure I had a cough. I did. I had a beer the night and I was like thinking like, how long does alcohol? (laughs) Okay. I knew I was going to be okay. Yeah. And then I was thinking like, I just got an ice cap from Timmy's. Maybe they put some of that non-alcoholic Kahlua, whatever Bailey's in. Yeah. And maybe it actually has alcohol and I didn't taste it. I'm pretty sure they don't have Bailey's at Tim Hortons. They do. They have non-alcoholic Baileys at Tim Hortons. Nasty. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I passed. And then it took probably 20 minutes for him to get a photo sent to him by the higher ups. Big brother. Yeah. From when I (laughs) (laughs) probably had a lot of other information because I'm also vaccinated. So there was probably a whole slew of information sent to him. Yep. From the higher ups. Most likely. Yeah. The higher ups. I don't know what that means. I just know they're there. They sent the photo to him, and he made me pull down my sunglasses. I thought you were going to (laughs) say... Pull down my pants to make sure that I had a vagina Uh and was the sex female on my license. I mean, like, you laugh, but... I'm sure that's happened before in certain states. Mm -hmm. But I was in Canada, so I was fairly safe. Yeah. He made me pull down my sunglasses to check my eye color and make sure I matched the photo that he had of me. Mm -hmm. Don't know what photo that was. And then said, unfortunately, it's $175. Have a good day. I mean, it could be worse. Yeah. I think I could sense that he felt kind of bad. Yeah. Because, like, I was very quiet. I was very nervous. Yeah. And he probably did feel bad. I did get stopped one other time when I was about, like, I think 17 for not having a registration on my car. A classic ticket. Yeah. Yeah. And that was because I'm a spoiled brat and my dad used to take care of all of my things with regards to my car. Yeah. And he forgot. Yeah. So he paid for the ticket, thankfully. <laughs> but he didn't pay for the therapy that I needed after getting stopped by a cop. Okay. <laughs> so. You know who's a pro at this? Lindsay. I know. I was thinking, you know what? It made me feel better knowing Lindsay gets tickets all the time. Yeah. I was like, it's okay. It yeah. happens to people. It happens to good people because I know Lindsay is a good person. And I can still be a good person. Good people just sometimes are also fast drivers. Did I speed on the way home? I did. Yes. But I didn't go quite as fast. Oh. I kept it under 120. (laughs) When I drove back the other day, I managed to shave off like 23 minutes from the trip. Where were you going? Like 140. 
No way. I was. It was completely empty. 140 like, is fast. Why not? Sometimes I get going like 150 when I pass someone because yeah. it's a two-lane highway and it's scary. Well, the Audi is like, it's not actually yeah. that scary. But yeah, the 140 plus the wind, my gas mileage was just, I actually had to stop for gas and lost probably like six minutes. I remember we used to get those tickets and I'm sure it wasn't me, but we used to share one car and it was the Ranger and we would get red light tickets. Maybe oh, we yeah. had two of them, but you did. Both people do that thing where you realize it's a ticket and it's a picture of the back of your truck zipping through a red light. It usually is also a picture of the front. And the, what both people do is like you look and you try to see who's driving. But you like the picture's not high enough resolution. Like you'll never, but you try. Yeah, you're time. like, you're doing the old school version of Zoom, which yeah. is bring the photo closer and closer to your one that eye. That looks like, that looks like Alex. <laughs> yep, it's classic. That's okay. I'm glad you survived that experience. I did. I was okay. But yeah, I have to remember to pay that or dispute it and um, go to court. Yeah. Drive back to Calgary, speed all the way there <laughs> to dispute a speeding ticket. I like it. It feels poetic. Yeah, it does. Actually. Not get caught. Yeah. So I guess on the topic of today's podcast, would you say your New Year's resolution is to not get any more speeding not tickets? get in trouble anymore yes not getting trouble yeah when's the last time you got in trouble like actually i'm not talking about like some old lady at the dog park is mad at you oh that, i did get in trouble i got the eye from her yeah but like not that That felt like i was in trouble i know what i'm saying is not that because that's fake trouble i honestly can't remember when was the last time you got in trouble besides like from you like yeah. for leaving the Oh, I did get in trouble once from you and it was bad. I left your knife in the sink and you were really mad at me. So I would count that. But I don't get the same feeling because I'm like, eh, it's only Meredith. She's not wearing a uniform. She holds no authority over me. Actually. Uniforms get me in yeah. multiple ways. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How complicated. What if it was a lady cop? I got pulled over by a lady cop once. How Was that conflicting for you? I didn't get a ticket. I was looking at my phone for navigation. Oh, sure. And I was yeah. at a stop sign. Okay, yeah. And she was next to me, and I didn't notice. Mm. And she got out of her car, like, put on her lights, and I go into the gas station or something that I was right at. Yeah. I was so nervous. And mm. I, again, didn't have my license. Yeah. Because I told her that I was going to the gym from a different place in town, which I was, and I didn't know how to get there. So I was using navigation and she goes, okay, but you need to put your navigation in before you start driving or pull over to the side. And I was like, I know you're right. And then she's like, I'm going to need your license. And I'm like, I don't have it because last night I went swimming and it's in my swimming bay because I need it to get into the gym because I have a 10 punch pass. And she was like, all right. And she winked at me. Did she? And she said, all right, in lieu of your ID, I'm going to need your number. And I said, I'll talk to you later. And she said, have a good day. I'll talk to you tonight. Yeah. You're so stupid. She did let me off the hook. Yeah, I think yeah. she was just like, oh, I'm this not one. interested in calling the higher ups today. I don't have time to do that. No. And um, she maybe liked me. I don't know. I like to think she liked me. We'll just go with that. That makes the story better, even if it isn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you were a lady cop, would you let me off the hook? No. Oh, my goodness. I would really? be a stern lady cop. Even better. Yeah. But I would be the type, like, you would get a ticket for me, but you would also like it. Gotcha. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So I would do my job, but I would also 
do my duty. I like you know that. What I mean? Yeah. Would you like write your like, I'm sure I could contact you or track you down based on the information provided on the ticket. Yeah. Like your badge number? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, like, here's how it would play out. I would walk up to your. your what, I, what would you stop me for? Anything. Like the smallest infraction. Okay, of Doesn't course. matter. You'd um, see me coming and you'd be like, oh, she's, there's something with this one. Yeah, I can tell. She's a troublemaker. So I'd walk up to the window and I would knock on the window, but I would be looking away, you know, very like, you know, bothered. Yeah. Can't be bothered kind of. I actually rolled my window down for this Mr. Cop so that he didn't have to ask. It was ready. Yeah. Well, I would knock. Okay. Yeah. So leave the window open. And Noted. You'd, yeah. You'd roll it down and then I would say, no, you got to roll it down further, further. You know what? All the way down. You know what? Get out of the car. <laughs> now, get back in the car. <laughs> so that's how this would go. If you thought you were shaking with this guy, you'd be convulsed <laughs> at this point. But you'd also like, you'd like it. You're like, I don't know what game this is, but here, take on That's a lot of emotion. Yeah. Okay. So at this point, you've gotten back in your car. And I still have, I have sunglasses oh, on. Oh, okay. It's like big Ray-Bans. They're up. You're at this point wondering what my eye color is and if I'm single. Right. So I get your... And if I'm going to jail, I'm probably wondering yeah. too. But also maybe looking forward to it if yeah. you get to ride in the car with me. So I get your information. I take your license mm-hmm. and registration and all that. And I would go back to my car and I would take a long time to do it. So you're just waiting and waiting and longing for what's next. And I come back. And at this point, you've rolled your window back up because you're an idiot. <laughs> so I knock again. What if it's cold outside? Yeah. I knock again. Still not looking. Roll your window down further, further, okay. all the way down. Your window's down. And I prop my elbow on the windowsill. And at this point, I'm halfway down my nose with my glasses. And I give you a look. You know, the From down, above. The, down yeah. the nose. Wow. Look. I like that look. And I say, I'm going to have to give you a ticket. And what I want you to take from this experience is yes, your ticket, you are going to have to pay that. But also, I want you to learn from this. And I want you to be better. I want you to be a better driver. I want you to be a better person. And I want you to be a better girlfriend. And I know you're probably single, but you're not going to be single for long. (laughs) And then I would walk away. And then I would look at the ticket and it would be blank because there is no ticket. And it would just say, call me. Yeah, we can go with that. So there. Officer Meredith. That's how that would go. I like it. Okay. There. There's your cop fantasy played out. I like out. it. I was thinking while you were telling the story that what if when the cop is in his car mm-hmm. doing what he does? Is or it she? He? Well, I'm thinking he because of my experience. Okay. Yeah. You slyly okay. move into the passenger seat. <laughs> For what purpose? So that when he comes back, he just, it's confusing. And it's like, it just like throws him off just a bit. Oh. Or you go in the backseat and you lie down. I guess like, I just want to kind of know like. And you pretend you're sleeping. You want to throw him off, but like to what end? Just for shits and giggles. Okay. Just to be able to tell this story later on. Like if I told that story and I was like, while he was in the car talking to the higher ups, I got into the backseat. I pulled my pillow out of my backpack, which I had because I was sleeping over in Calgary. And I went to sleep. Yeah. And then he comes back. and He's like, what are you doing? And you're like, shits and giggles, man. <laughs> or you're like, you know, I have stress-induced narcolepsy. <laughs> yeah. 
Which actually sometimes I wonder if I do since that's my like stress. I'm like stress induced narcolepsy. I was not tired after. I had so much adrenaline from that experience that I drove even faster. (laughs) You know what's better than coffee? The law. (laughs) Breaking it. Anyways. Yeah. Well, We'll on that note, does anyone know where to get a female costume that we can use for Halloween next year? (laughs) Yeah, Halloween. Amazon, Alex. I know. It's a joke, Meredith. I know. Roll with it. Okay. Don't be so literal. Anyways, what what are we here for? What is this podcast well, about? We're supposed to be talking about January 1st. I know, but it's like, how many times have we done this podcast? Everyone knows you can set New Year's resolutions. You don't have to. You can. And it's not embarrassing, and it's not the worst if you do. Do or do not. But if you do, I'm just going to wrap this up in one little nugget, and then we're going to sign off. Just kidding. <laughs> if you do, don't do something extreme that you can't maintain into February, March, April, May, June, July, or until February 2025. Or can I build on that? Yes. It's please. not even something extreme. Obviously, like make it sustainable, whatever. But Everyone like, knows this. Don't do something that you don't actually care about. Yeah. I think that that more so than things being too difficult is a big reason why New Year's resolutions don't stick because people set other people's goals for themselves when they don't actually give a shit. So maybe take a moment and ask yourself, do I actually give a shit about this thing that I'm about to do? And if the answer is no, then don't because that's a dumb goal. I'm going to tell a quick story on that. Okay. It just came to mind. It's a serious one. Ooh. I was in my usual way after a marathon where I have that like post-marathon rest week where I don't train as much and like Mm. you just spend more time sitting around so of course knowing myself I'm like trying to keep busy and doing stuff so I'm on Instagram and this guy who sells a mobility like online mobility class okay comes on and he's doing these like really crazy like cool mobility stuff that I can't do and I'm not a mobile but I'm not the most mobile and especially with running I can get a little bit stiffer yeah So I'm looking into this guy and I think about it and his like monthly membership to have access to his videos and his classes, it's like $80 a month. Okay. USD. And it was on sale for Black Friday week Uh for 20% off. So it was like 66 bucks. Okay. And so I was hemming and hawing and I was like, I'm going to do it. And I like, I bought it and I did it for like three days. And then- Life just got busy and I didn't do it. So basically it was like three days for $66. I mean, I learned some things. I learned all about like the whole body cars. Mm -hmm. But I, thinking back, getting more mobile, like maybe for a moment, I was like, that would be cool to be able to go and do that with my knees. But does it actually impact my life? Am I so immobile that I can't get up off the floor? Well, I love how I asked you why you're doing that or something. And your reason was... I want to be able to pick something up off the ground like this. Yeah. And the movement was, so instead of like bending down like a normal person to pick something up, this guy, he goes into like kind of a weird squat, back bends and picks something up. It's basically, like behind him. what is that game where you go around in a circle and you go underneath the pole? Yeah, limbo. Limbo. He yeah. would win the limbo. Yeah. He can go down all the way, like probably touch his head uh, and then lift himself back up. Yeah. So he's very strong and very... Unique positions. Yeah, unique and what look like vulnerable positions. Like, it's almost like how. Like, his tendons are so strong in those positions. It's Uh incredible. And I was like, I want to be able to do that. 
And like, yeah, I know it's going to take me multiple years. I think it said it took him six years. Yeah. But of course I was like, well, I'm probably more mobile than him starting out. So it won't <laughs> take me as long. Take me like And like, I can totally weeks. incorporate a mobile. Well, I can't. And it's not that important. I don't need to be able to pick something up like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, it happens to the best of us and that's okay. Like, I think we all get a little bit excited about the prospect of having something that seems cool, but make sure that it's worth the trade-off. Like, do I have time to do mobility for an hour a day when I'm already working out two hours a day? Yeah. Frankly, no, I don't. Like, in a perfect world, I would love to be able to do mobility for an hour. Yeah. But I just don't. Well, so it's like... There's also, like, it's the wrong entry point for that type of practice. Yeah, and there are shorter ones. Yeah. But I didn't go for those. Well, I mean, but that's just, like, that is how people are. Yeah. And it's a matter of, like, is this right for me right now? Yeah. Does this fit into my schedule in a way where I can make it a priority or not? Like, yeah. do I want to make it a priority? Like, do I actually care that much? Yeah. I think that's a good personal example. I think if I wanted to incorporate more mobility... I would probably ask my coach to give me one mobility movement a day. Yeah. So it's written down because I need that accountability for mobility. It's just something I need. I don't need accountability for certain things. I need it for other things. Yeah. Just like people need accountability for some things and not others. Well, but, like accessory movements too. It's not even just mobility, yeah. but like your calf yeah. work that you started doing, that has to be written into your program. My physio told me to do calf stuff and I was like, okay, didn't do it. And then I talked to my coach and he's like, you got to be doing these. And I was like, oh, yeah, my physio told me to do that. He's like, I'm going to put in your program for you. I do it religiously. As soon as it's in written down, that's just how I work. I know that I work best when someone and specifically him says you need to do this. But also it's in the scope of your training. Yeah. It's into that period of time. Yeah. Like it's not an additive thing. Exactly. It is. But it doesn't seem like something extra in that way. Sure. But yeah, I think that's a good example. Like. It's not that dissimilar than someone saying, like, I want a six-pack. Yeah. It's like, that's fine, but you actually want to do the work. That's a big trade-off, and you already have all of this other stuff going on in your life. Like, yeah. it would be cool, I guess, if that's important to you. Like, uh -huh. and some community six-packs are valued, but is it actually going to impact your life? Yeah. And is it worth the trade-off? And for some people, the answer is yes. But for me, or for that person, for me in the mobility thing, it was like, no. Yeah. It's like you like the idea of it more than you like the doing of it. Yeah. And so that just says, I don't care enough about this thing to actually do what's required to have it. I also wanted the end result. That was another thing. Like, it's the same thing as somebody, I want to get healthy. I want to train hard. I want to build muscle. And then you naturally get a six pack as a result of the functionality of your body. Yeah. And the way that you eat and the way you treat your body. It's the same thing. Like you get to move that way because you value and you love the process of doing mobility. Yeah. Which also I struggle with. Yeah. It's like, for me, my personal example would be that one time that I was like, I'm going to learn French. Yeah. And so when I thought about that, and I can remember this so vividly, when I think about learning French, what I see and what I envision is like a flight attendant who's bilingual and they just start like talking in French with someone from Quebec. Yeah. And just like a switch flips. And so like, that's what I would envision, just myself being able to like switch into French speaking. And it just be something that I could do. I never envisioned myself actually like learning and what that would look like and feel like yes. and sound like. Yeah. And so when it was time to do that, I was like, oh, nah. No, I don't. This doesn't sound anything like I want to sound. Yeah. This is dumb. And it doesn't actually add value to my life. There's no reason for me to do that other than it's a novelty and it's not enough of a passion or an interest of mine for me to put the right amount of focus on it 
to actually make any headway with it. Yeah. It's embarrassing to admit, but it's such an easy trap to fall into. Uh-huh. And it just requires a little bit of awareness and like learning from it. You're like, ah, I did it. I did that thing. I, I wasted money because I signed up for the, what did you sign up for? Well, I mean, Babbel. Yeah. That I signed up well, for. However much that you lose 60 bucks. It's a lesson learned. Yeah. And you use it as a lesson. It's like, all right. But maybe sometimes that happens. Maybe somebody gets very interested in mobility mm-hmm. and they have the same thought process as me like, wow, I want to learn how to do that. And then it turns out they love mobility. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily like a failure or no. like a miss. It was just like, eh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. There are many other things where I'm like, I need to start doing this. And it's been that like, turns out I really like it. Yeah. The other thing with New Year's resolutions, and we can talk about maybe like the history of the like New Year's a little bit. But, you know, a lot of people go into it with this idea that they're going to start fresh. Blank slate, January 1st. You're like a newborn baby. That's dumb. There's no such thing as a, a blank slate or like a fresh start. Really, you have memory you have knowledge you have experience like you don't just get to wipe your slate clean and why would you want to anyways because then you're what you're just gonna do the same thing that you've tried to do before but it's somehow magically gonna work because what you're gonna try harder like why not start from a place of experience where you actually get to make informed changes to the process and i think that's a miss for people because they just end up making the same freaking mistakes that they make every year You know, again, if you can reflect and self-assess and come into it with like, okay, this didn't work last time or this hasn't worked before, why? And this is assuming that this is something that you actually care about and it's not just some fake false goal that you have set, something you actually care about. You can say, why hasn't this worked? And if you are honest with yourself, it's because either it's too hard, too complicated for where you are, like it's outside of your ability. Your goals should be something that require you to work because that's how you get better at things. But it can't be such a stretch goal that the whole thing just breaks. Can't be that. You know, and it's like, it just wasn't the right approach for me at this time. But I can take that forward and change the way I do this and maybe it will work. It will work because it will be more appropriate. So like human beings have been celebrating New Year's for like thousands of years. Makes sense. Right. So like it started, I think the first recorded instance of a new year celebration or acknowledgement was the babylonians like four thousand years ago right i know babylonians are sort of what's modern day iraq and then our calendar what we are on is like the roman calendar in january is named after the roman god janus or spelt with a j janus (laughs) janus i like janus better yeah we're gonna go with janus and Janus, 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 is the god of beginnings, of transitions, and most importantly, duality, of beginnings and endings. And Janus has two heads, one that looks forward and one that looks backward. So why is that relevant in January, January 1st? Because that basically says we are looking forward But we can also look backwards and understand where we've been and how that impacts where we want to go. I think people forget about Janice. People forget about Janice. Janice? You can't forget about Janice. I know. And you can't forget to look back, you know, and not look back and feel bad. Look back and 
appreciate the experiences that you have because they can be so valuable in the future and how you move forward. You know who my favorite Janice is? Janice Joplin? No. Janice from Friends. (laughs) That's... She's a great character. That is fringe. (laughs) That's fringe. I like Janice Joplin. Okay. I wanted to name Rue Joplin. I thought that was a great... I wanted to name Rue Janice. I would have gone... You. I would have gone with Janice if you had really put your foot down on And that. then we could have been like JJ. Or Jan. Jan. Which is a great Jan. name. Jan. Jan. For feeling fancy. Jan. That's a hard one to yell. In the though. winter, Jan. Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> it? be like, it's like... I get it. Like Norwegian-ish. Yes. Which is like winter and white and... But so is Canada. Yeah. In like the same way. Yeah. But imagine like yelling for Rue and instead of yelling, Rue, which is actually a great name. You're like, Jan. That's hard. <laughs> That's why we didn't name her Gal. Because I was like, every time we said it, I'm like, this is getting progressively more difficult every time. Yeah. Gal. 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 Like you got the G and the L at That's the hard end. One. That's a hard one. Yeah. But anyways, Janus. Forward. Yeah. I like backward. it. Backward. I think people forget the backward part. Or how to use that productively. Yeah. Sometimes people look backward and what they do is they're like, I just didn't work hard enough. And that's our society. That's what our society wants you to think because they want you to keep buying all the bullshit and failing when it's not that you didn't work hard enough. It's that the bullshit isn't right for you. Yeah. The bullshit isn't right for anyone. They just want it to sell. Anyways, don't forget about Janice. Yeah. Moral of the story. Have you ever set a New Year's resolution? I don't think that I have. I think I've set ones that are like more like I want to be a nicer person type thing. Yeah. But those aren't necessarily like actionable. Now that I'm thinking back, this was like before I started coaching and became like smarter with this stuff. So yeah, things like that that just weren't actionable. It was like more just like a wish yeah, or like a want. Like I want to be a person that rather than like an actionable thing, I think I became a nicer, more understanding person just randomly because I was like, not having a good time in my life with my Uh mental health. And like through that process, I became, it never had anything to do with New Year's or like a fresh start. It was just like, I need to make a change right now. Yeah. But New Year's resolutions, I don't think so. I think if anything, the Christmas holiday or the just whatever holiday it is for you, if it is one, can be a little bit like of a break Hmm. Like I tend to eat, even now, just a little bit different, like more cookies for sure. And so January 1st is almost like, all right, let's not, you know, enough with the cookies. Like you enjoyed those. You kept them in moderation to a degree. Mm -hmm. You have to stop replacing all of your snacks with cookies now. (laughs) That's not really a resolution. So my answer is no. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I've either. Most unsurprisingly, most people's New Year's resolutions, at least for adults, are in the realm of health and fitness. You know what the number one New Year's resolution was in the 90s? Lose weight? Nope. Get healthy? Nope. Quit smoking. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that one, I mean, anyone who smoked, I haven't, would probably tell you how difficult it is to quit that. And there's, with smoking, there's the actual addiction to the substance and the behavioral addiction, but it is a habit. So it's way harder to stop doing something than it is to start doing something, Mm -hmm. which I think is important all of the time, but definitely important for New Year's resolutions. If something is important to you and you plan to start around January, it should be ideally the initiation of a new behavior and not the cessation 
of an old behavior. I like that. Yeah. It's inclusion, not exclusion. Right. Which we've and also you, talked about. You kind of let the new behavior grow and build and maybe start to involve other things. And that sort of naturally can displace the old behavior that you wish you did a little bit less. Yeah. You work on inclusion and displacement and not on exclusion. Like another example of that would be like, I'm going to eat in five out of seven days a week instead of two or three. And then you end up drinking less alcohol because you're not out at restaurants. Yeah. Or if you want something that's a little more correlated, let's say someone sets the New Year's resolution of I'm going to eat out less. Well, that's not a very good resolution because of what we just talked about. It's based on not doing something. Yeah. But if you just say I'm going to cook, I'm gonna more, cook at more at home. I'm going to do that this way, you will naturally do less of that thing that you actually want to do less of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then it's a smoking one. It would be for that one more of like an identity change. Mm -hmm. Maybe like I'm going to go to the gym more or I'm going to exercise more. And then by way of like wanting to be a healthier person and perform better in the gym, you realize like you have more motivation to maybe reduce smoking. Yeah. I say that works a little better with alcohol. Smoking's complicated. Yeah. I think a lot of people had better luck with adding some sort of friction to that like i'm gonna smoke but only outside because mm-hmm. back in the 90s you could smoke inside because it was gross or you keep your pack of cigarettes like in your car so you have mm-hmm. to go out to your car so every time you go it takes longer so by adding in essentially like steps or a walk you're doing less smoking and more I walking like that. i learned that my grandpa who was a chain smoker he smoked in the shower yeah, he smoked so much. And one day he just said, I'm I'm quitting and did. And that was the end of it. And he never smoked again. Yeah. And someone was like, well, why? He, my dad was like, I don't know. He just did. And I'm like, man, I'm going to be like my grandpa. You know, <laughs> yeah. you say you're going to do something and you do it. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. I didn't know he had it in him. I mean, he didn't talk much. No. But he had conviction when he did speak. I'm yeah. learning this now. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So I'm a nail biter. Mm. I bite my nails, as you know. It's a gross <laughs> habit, but... I don't think I realized until a couple of years ago when you couldn't open a can or something. No, and I, I, I can like, open a can just fine. It's things like, if I have to put a key on a key ring and it's a oh, really Oh, that's one, what it is. Or like open a CD. Yeah, there are just situations that I... Remember CDs? Yeah, with how, the cellophane. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and you have to like... I would always just get a tool or Yeah, something. that's smart. Yeah, so I'm a nail biter and I've tried many times to stop doing that. I think for me, it's a compulsion that developed with probably ADHD and a little bit of anxiety. But I think about that one a lot because it's, I would say it's like fairly similar to smoking cigarettes. It's just, it's a habit. And for me, it's, it also gives me a sense of control. I do it more when I'm really nervous about things. And it's just like, it's a thing that I can focus on. that takes my mind off of the thing that's making me really nervous. But it's like hard for me to know how to, what do I replace that with? Because it's also has You become, have to put tape on your fingernails. And then you put something really gross on the tape so that every time you bite it, and then you get the negative correlation. It's like the dog, mm-hmm. it's zapping the dog, that experiment. Yeah, that's just conditioning. Yeah. I've done cayenne pepper. I've done, you can get like bitters, do bitters. I've done that. I've tried painting my nails because it just makes it harder to bite them. But it, oh. for me, it's also, it's become a bit of a oral fixation. I was just going to say, so this I, is something my client talked about to me the other day. Yeah, it's not just the not doing, not biting my nails. I crave like something in my mouth. Yeah. So it for me, it, there has to be a replacement. Gum doesn't do it. I've tried gum. I don't like gum. Yeah. So that's a hard one because there's nothing really intuitive to replace it with that satisfies in the same way. My client was saying that when she does it, 
it's associated with an environmental thing. So like when she was in grad school is when she was studying, uh-huh. she would smoke. And so now when she's doing things that are like projects at a desk, yeah, it's like the environmental correlation. Hmm. She'll want something. And now because she doesn't smoke anymore, it tends to be, or at least, you know, as we've started working together, it's become clear that she's kind of used food in that way. Right. Which is a good uh, thing to recognize. Yeah. But it's tough to get rid of. It takes a lot of like friction and yeah intention and awareness. The thing is too, and I've talked about this with clients before who struggle with compulsive eating, not like disordered eating, but just like eating related to dysregulation, control and compulsion. And it's like, there's a whole industry built around that specific compulsion because people who can't control their eating because of anxiety, because of stress, because they get nervous, like whatever it is that causes them to eat, that often, not always, but often leads to weight gain. And so you have a nutrition industry, which is largely built to deal with that and to sell people solutions to it. But where's the nail biting industry? And so I like I often just remind people, like you're struggling in the same way that a lot of other people struggle, but just in a way that like companies will market towards you. I could just as easily, instead of biting my nails, be a compulsive eater. But instead of eating, I bite my nails. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you get dealt the short straw. Short end of the stick. Short yeah. end of the stick. Because, like, like, you know, there are people who are compulsive exercisers. And a lot of times, like, that's praised. Yeah. And they that's certainly... not good either. Yeah, like, yeah, they don't live in an environment where there's, like... I mean, in a way they do. But, yeah, with the compulsive eating, you are in an environment now where hyper palatable high calorie foods are super easy to get a hold of like compulsive eating in the 1800s probably slightly different Mm -hmm. different situation but now you can get anything and you Mm -hmm. can eat it compulsively whereas like 100 years ago 200 years ago 300 years ago not possible yeah so like if you could compulsively eat like the animal that you're the hunter of the group brought (laughs) home and then you're getting big trouble from the group maybe somebody just compulsively like gnawed on the bones maybe but anyways, so I think it's important to understand and recognize that in, with people and have a lot of sensitivity about like there's just a lot of people who are, yeah, they have the shit into the stick and they're in an environment that really perpetuates certain behaviors. And then they get preyed upon by an industry that says that they want to help them, but they don't. They just want to make money. So this is not me resolving to not bite my nails in New Year's. <laughs> okay. By the way, I'm not setting that resolution, but it is something that I think about sometimes. Well, that podcast was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I think so. Yeah. I honestly forgot where it even started, but I enjoyed where it ended. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think the big takeaway is what I said earlier before we started this section of it, which is New Year's is a really great way to kind of reboot. It's a good way to reflect and maybe even take the step to actively journal Write things down. Sometimes that can help get your thoughts out a little bit better and figure out how you can improve your life if you even want to or if you just want to coast through New Year's like the person, the beautiful and the awesome person that you already are. Yeah. Like us. That is what we do. Minus the like the annual fight that we get in at this time of year, which I still don't know what causes that, but I look forward to it. We're not busy enough this time of year. Yeah. So and then, it opens I, the door for... I think also like you actually get a break and so you feel tired, like really tired, more tired than you feel Your like body you lets feel. go. It's like, oh, finally, I can let go. Just relax. Can, I can stop fighting. But then you're like, well, I'm on vacation. I'm sleeping a ton. Why am I so tired? And then you feel really bad about being tired and then you're anxious because you're not doing as much as you want to be doing. 
on your days off, like from an activity That's standpoint. We, yeah, kind of like what we talked about on the last podcast. Yeah. And so then you argue because <laughs> you're nervous and anxious about those things. But It's like you have pent up energy, but also you don't have any energy. It's a bit weird. Yeah, combo. it's not a good combo. Yeah. Anyways. And Christmas is loaded. It is for a lot of people. If you celebrate or if you don't, like kind of like us, that's like it's emotional and it's complicated for some people and there's yeah. a big push to get there. But we've made it. We have made it. So start your fresh baby straight fresh out of the year womb. baby. 2024 baby. Here we go. But honestly, we hope that you do have a healthy and a happy new year. And 2024 is perfect and weird and great in all the ways that it can be and it will be and the ways that life is when we get to continue to live it for another year. So it's a gift. Oh, I have a practical question. Okay. A very timely practical question. I thought that was a really poetic sign-off, but that, go ahead. <clears throat> at what point in the new year do you stop saying Happy New Year? Oh, geez. <laughs> I think February is when people really? stop saying That's when I... I'm thinking five to seven days. No, I mean, I stop saying it five to seven days, but... If someone tells you Happy New Year on January 31st, that's acceptable. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if it's the first time you've seen them and they're like, oh, hey, Happy New Year. You know how it happens like that. Okay, I'm going to put it to the crowd. Okay. All you Janices out there. Janice. If you've listened to the end of this podcast, tell us when it's inappropriate to say Happy New Year. Yeah. On just what, a date. On just what one platform? date. Just on a, any, any post. Instagram. When you leave a review on this podcast, you can include it in you your can just You say January 8th, if you know, you know, in the IK, I, no, IYK. Yeah, you can, you can do it. If you know, IYKYK. There you go. I had to look up on Google the other day what po'boy okay. was, hashtag po'boy. I don't know that one, it's, except the sandwich. Oh, no, maybe it's not that. G-poy. <laughs> oh, gratuitous picture of yourself i don't i've never heard of that me neither but it's a thing on instagram and i was like what is this i need mm -hmm. to know i'm missing out that sounds like a gen z thing it, yeah anyways i right. thought it was a gay thing and i'm like i need to be in the community so i need to figure this out and it's not a gay thing okay. it just is a thing screw it not interested anymore well anywho thank you so much for listening we do appreciate it like, share, subscribe if you enjoyed this episode or previous ones. And yeah, we'll see you in the new year. I guess we're, are we in the new year? We Ivan, are in the new year. Ivan wanted me to ask if you've seen his mom. Ugh. You better cut that out before bedtime. Okay. I swear to God. All right, bye. <laughs>